Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I'm a licensed psychologist here in Georgia, coming to you with your next mental health moment. Today we will be talking about constructive coping, particularly in times of crisis. So you all are very aware that there are a lot of restrictions that are being placed on, on cities, but also as the United States as a whole, as we continue to manage this COVID-19 crisis. And for a lot of people, this restriction to their access to things is bringing up a range of emotions. One of the things that we don't like is to be told what to do and how we're able to do it. And so in this particular instance, it is a natural response and reaction as things we feel are being taken away from us. We're responding in ways that can be potentially destructive and harmful to others. Some of you have experienced having children and knowing that when they move to different phases in their lives, oftentimes they get a little frustrated. So when it is time, for example, for them to let go of that pacifier um, or move into not being able to have access to a bottle, they may throw a temper tantrum because essentially what we're telling them is, hey, I'm gonna remove that coping skill that you've gotten used to, that thing that soothes you, that thing that you've gotten comfortable with, that you're comfortable now, being able to utilize and have whenever you want it. And I'm telling you no longer can have access to that. And we've seen countless examples of what happens to us when we take things away, but we don't necessarily have anything to put in its place. Same way that we may be feeling now, increased emotional responses to things being taken away from us, such as events that we planned, our kids can't go to the activities that they enjoyed, they can't go to school and see their friends, so they may be struggling with not having access. We also may be struggling as adults with being told we need to stay in our homes, we don't need to get out, restrict your access, access to stores, restrict your access to the people that you love and care about. And a common response that people are telling me is that people are simply refusing. I'm an adult, you can't tell me what to do, I'm gonna go and do what I wanna do, stop trying to control me, this thing isn't as serious as you all say it is. This is just a conspiracy to get us to be locked down and for people to be regulating our behavior. And the next thing you know, the government is gonna be trying to control everything that we do, right? Like I get it, I understand. You all have questions. Why are churches closed, but liquor stores open, right? We're also getting upset with our, our store providers. We're taking our frustration out on them because we can't have access to that Lysol and those cleaning products. So we're going into the stores and we are simply attacking people. We're attacking other customers and we're also attacking people that work in the stores. What do you mean you don't have any more Lysol? I've come here every day for two weeks. You still haven't gotten any in. Why are you allowing other people to shop at different times and I can't? Are you all hoarding it for yourselves? And so when we are feeling frustrated, we often will lash out to others and we'll have a lot of questions about, well, why is this okay, but this isn't okay? Why is my dentist closed, but my psychologist's office is still open? So during this time, a lot of us are resorting to what we call unhealthy coping behaviors. Now, what's a coping behavior? Coping behaviors are simply those things that we use to manage when we're feeling frustrated, uh, overwhelmed, lonely, sad, any range of emotions that allow us to be able to soothe ourselves to get through whatever that difficult emotion may be. There are a lot of examples of coping skills, fishing, drawing, 
going to get your hair done, your nails done, going to a spa, massages, smoking, drinking, hanging out with friends, going to church, gambling, any of these things, eating can be examples of coping skills. Now, some of them are more healthy, some of them are not as healthy. During times when we are completely overwhelmed and feel like our control is being taken away, we often resort to unhealthy coping skills. Now, mind you, any coping skill can become unhealthy if we do it in excess. Exercise is a good example. Exercise is a healthy coping skill, unless I'm doing it multiple times a day, every day, to the point that I'm now not getting enough calories in to manage the amount of output I'm having every day with my exercise, that I'm restricting myself from eating because I'm trying to get down to a weight that's not healthy for me. Exercise can also be harmful if I'm doing things that are detrimental to my knees, my back, my rotator cuff, I'm pushing myself too hard. These are all examples of things that possibly could be destructive to us, all right? So again, during times of stress, we wanna utilize coping skills. Coping skills are, can be good for us. They can help us get through difficult times. But what we want to do is use helping, coping skills that are healthy for us. In times of crisis, we tend to be more tempted to use unhealthy coping uh, mechanisms uh, being things being taken away from us that were healthy tend to increase our anxiety. So if I was able to go to the gym, for example, as a healthy coping skill, and now the gym is closed, now that's being taken away from me. And so my anxiety is fueled because what am I going to replace that with? You can't simply remove something and not have something to put in its place. Otherwise, you're going to end up finding some maladaptive or unhealthy ways to try to maneuver. The other thing that we tend to do is when we want to do something, we will alter the information that we receive and alter the way we perceive that information so that it allows us to engage in what behavior we want to engage in. So for example, even though I know that it's unhealthy for me to drink three 12 packs of beer in a sitting, I can rationalize in my mind, but hey, it's not cocaine. Cocaine is worse than alcohol is. I'm at home, I'm not drinking and driving. I don't have anything else to do. I don't have to be at work so I can just sleep it off. I'm not going to the bars and putting other people at risk. So we will justify and rationalize behaviors, All right? So that's kind of what we're doing in this situation right now. So what I'm seeing people do is they are minimizing the actual threat of COVID-19. They are making statements such as, you know what? I can still go to church. God is covering me. God protects me. God keeps me. Whereas that is true, God also does not put you in situations where you were, you're now unsafe when before you were safe. So this is something that we have to kind of think about in terms of how we're viewing our coping skills. Another thing that I hear is people are wanting to still hang out with their friends. They're still having parties. People are still trying to go to beaches. People are still trying to have uh, outings with boats. People are still trying to have church services with large gatherings of people. Uh, we are continuing to touch people and love on people. And what we're doing is we're simply saying, I need to rationalize my behavior because I want to engage in these things. So I'm going to dismiss this other information that's contrary to what I want to do. If I minimize the threat, then what my behavior then matches what my thoughts are. Now, whereas that is a skill that one could use to be able to manage in a crisis, it's not a healthy skill. So what we want to do is we want to get to this wise mind of let me use all the information that I have available to me to make the best possible decision that I can make in a moment, right? So the 
Center for Disease Control is that place where you're, you have accurate information. Their information has remained consistent. It's coming from virologists that study illnesses. And so they're understanding as best they can at this time, the course and movement of this COVID-19. So what is on there? We have over 140,000 cases in the United States, over 140,000 cases. So if I'm using my wise mind, I can no longer rationalize that this disease isn't affecting people, that this illness is simply something that people are making up because a hundred, over 140,000 people have it. Those were stats from yesterday. I'm sure they've gone up from, for today. Over 2,400 deaths just here in the United States, 2,400. So we're not talking about two or three or four, and I don't want to minimize the death of any one person, but we are talking about an excessive amount of people, a large amount of people who have died as a result of this illness. That is also factual information. Every state in the United States has active cases, every single state. So you can no longer say, this isn't affecting me. This isn't affecting people that I know, because if you reach out, it is. Talk to your healthcare professionals. They will tell you how overwhelmed their systems are. They will tell you that they're being very selective about who they can even test because they have a limited amount of tests. They will tell you even with testing that it's taking time to get the results back. And so oftentimes people don't know for a while whether or not they're positive. They will tell you that they do not have the protective equipment that they need to keep themselves safe. They will tell you that they are getting sick that our first responders are getting sick. Go on social media pages. You will see examples of people talking about how they've been affected. Loved ones who could not be with their families who have died from this illness. Healthcare workers had to FaceTime in families for the family member to say goodbye to this loved one that was dying by themselves because you can't have other people in the hospital. We don't want to expose anyone to anything. That's what's real. That's the information that you need to consider when you're looking at all the information that's out there. Talk to personal people that you know at their jobs who have found out, yeah, there was someone here that likely was exposed or has the illness. I don't know if I'm affected or not. I don't have active symptoms. I can't get tested. Talk to the people who have to make a decision about whether or not they can actually go home because they're afraid that they will put their family members at risk because they're still working with a population that could be infected. Talk to them about how difficult it is for them to make a decision about whether or not they want to go home or what they have to put in place even to be able to love on their children when they do get home. Talk to the people that work at these stores that are mistreated, are belittled, um, people who are just doing their jobs, having to show up with little to no protection so that they can make sure that we have what we have in the stores and they have no control over what's in there. They simply put out what's there, but we attack them and we hold them responsible when things aren't available to them, to us. Talk to them, see what their experience has been. By this point, you know someone, I guarantee you, you know someone who has been affected by COVID-19. All of that information needs to be considered before you make decisions about your interactions outside of your home. And they also need to fuel how you decide to use your coping skills. So let's talk about a healthier way to think about what's going on right now. I am not being told what to do. I am simply in charge of protecting the people that I love and care about. So I'm ultimately making that decision. I'm making the decision to choose them 
and to choose me so that months from now, we'll be able to interact together because we made healthy decisions to be safe now. I have other coping mechanisms that I can use to soothe me. Using the senses, music, poetry, writing, artwork. There are a lot of things that I can bake. There are so many things available to me that I can do. Let me focus on what I can do in replacement of those things that I may not have access to currently. And again, as I've told you, I know that we use the phrase, try God for yourself quite often, but we don't literally mean try him. See how he can show up when we put ourselves in negative situations, right? God is able to do a lot of things, but why are we putting God in situations? Why are we putting ourselves in situations? Rather, we don't put God in any situations. Why are we putting ourselves in situations to prove who God is when we're already safe? Stay safe. Don't put yourself in an unsafe situation to prove to someone who God is to you. I deserve a level of protection that I would want my children and my grandchildren and my grandparents to have. I deserve that same level of protection. And so whereas I would not put them in any situation to harm themselves, neither should I put myself in a situation to harm myself. This is not a punishment. This is not an opportunity for people to get back at you, to try to keep you in line or in control in some way. This is a time for compassion and understanding and to work on your patience. People are doing the absolute best that they can do. They are showing up to work exhausted, tired, afraid. They are showing up and they are showing up for us. And we need to show up for them too by keeping them as safe as we possibly can. There are so many things that we can do that do not require us touching other people or interacting with other people. Virtual church, virtual parties. You can do teletherapy, which is an option. So you can video conference in with your therapist. You can even still go to therapy. We have not been closed down and remain six feet away from your therapeutic provider. You have virtual exercise. You can go on isolated walks. There are so many other things that you can think about as coping during this time. Right. And those liquor stores are open because they don't have to touch you. It's not because they're prioritized over church service. It is simply because you, just like in any other store, can walk in, get your product and walk out. They don't have to interact with you where we can't protect people in churches in the same way because we just can't spread people out like that in order to be able to protect them in large groups. You all have seen the example of the choir. They get they use social distancing to protect themselves and went to choir rehearsal. And now a large percentage of them have gotten COVID-19 because we just simply don't know fully how this works with this illness. Droplets, singing, spit, all of these things that are in the air that could potentially have affected other people were at play. Okay, so let's talk about you guys doing the right thing with the right, correct, accurate information to make the best decision that you can make right now. And the best decision you can make right now is to choose you. Choose you, choose your loved ones, choose the loved ones of people that are caring for us and providing for us in this environment. That's what you have control over. So when you think about that, there is only one choice for you, and that is to limit your contact as much as you possibly can and rely on healthier coping mechanisms that won't put you or anyone else at risk. Okay, be encouraged. <laughs>